You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. All of our fears and concerns displayed themselves in one awful wild card game, so the Texans season ends with a big thud in the playoffs. They fall to the Colts 21-7 and what was in many ways an embarrassing performance on both sides of the ball. We're about to break it all down for you in a matter of seconds. Welcome aboard, everybody. I'm Robert Land, also host of the Houston Sports Talk podcast, along with my old faithful co-host, Brian Patterson, who runs and contributes to Fansided's HouseofHouston.com. Thanks for diving into your best daily source of Texans news, views, and interviews. And Brian, let me throw out a few painful numbers and then I'll just let you rant. I mean, uh, respond uh, after that. (laughs) Might be a combination of the two. (laughs) Deshaun Watson, 29 for 49, 235 yards, one TD, one interception, 69.7 passer rating, 76 yards rushing, not Really a good day, but I want to get your thoughts in a second, Brian. DeAndre Hopkins, five catches, only 37 yards after having four catches for 36 yards the last time the Texans played the Colts. But keep in mind that he played with a grade three anterior cruciate sprain. We find out after the game, we knew he was having some trouble there. Andrew Luck, 19 for 32, 222 yards, two touchdowns, one interception, 88.3 passer rating, but let's face it, he pulled off the gas in the second half. Marlon Mack, 24 carries, 148 yards. Mack's the first running back to get to 100 yards on the Texans all year. Not the time for that that to happen. That's the most yards. And before that was uh, Saquon Barkley with 82 Meanwhile, Lamar Miller, Alfred Blue, Deontay Foreman, they combined for 29 yards total on only eight carries. Uh, Throw in also that the Colts had two penalties for 10 yards. The Texans had eight for 67 yards. Brian, you were there in person. There just isn't a lot good to say about this game. No, no. There there are a few bright spots, but very, very few of them. But there was a lot that went wrong uh, in this game. And let's start it out with uh, T.Y. Hilton and the clown mask. Well, you know, he started out, you know, with all the stats coming out about how good he is at NRG. Uh, you know, he says, well, NRG is like my second home. And this should have fueled a fight, a kind of a just – the drive to go out and prove him wrong, but it goes to show that he backed up his his trash talk and he goes and he wears the clown mask, you know, into the stadium. He clowned so, him. All right. He, he, clowned, he sure did. Oh. And it, it wasn't like he gradually got to that. No, this was like on the first drive. He was already getting chunks of yardage. And uh, what what killed he, me is the fact that, you know, the one guy in the whole building, you put 14 guys around him and you stop him. And they still couldn't do it. You know, you would think he was like the James Harden of the NFL or something like that. And they did put three guys on him on one play. And still he caught the ball 50 yards down the field or whatever it was. But I mean, that that's the thing to me, Brian, is you knew this was the guy to stop. And they still couldn't do it right off the bat. I mean, they stopped him after that, after the first, you know, the first drive. It, it was all he got except for one more catch. But, you know, that that resulted in a touchdown. And those are big. 
and you know that's part of the game plan. This That was their number one strategy, to try to neutralize uh, T.Y. Hilton. Well, he didn't get any touchdowns. At least he didn't get that. But he nearly <laughs> almost got he almost got triple digits. And you think about it, you know, if he would have gotten touchdowns or or if, it, you know, you look at his stats and you hadn't looked at the box score, you'd say, well, you know, the Texas did kind of keep him from out of getting into the end zone. Maybe they won this game. But when you look at the, the, the box score, certainly that's that's uh, a completely opposite of what exactly happened. Five catches, but, 85 uh, yards total. Yeah, almost almost 100 yards. I mean, he was he was just getting them in big chunks. And you know, like I said, you would think that's part of the game plan. I honestly don't think it's all Romeo. Sometimes you have to just go out there and execute, and they weren't doing that. And going back to Marlon back, you know, with 100, 148 yards off 24 carries. And run defense, you know, covering guys like that, that has been this team's calling card the whole season. I actually wasn't worried about it because the last time we faced the Colts, you know, Marlon Mack was pretty much neutralized. He didn't have, oh, I think he just, if I remember correctly, maybe 20 or 30 yards uh, on the ground, but 148, that is unacceptable. So it was on, you know, in in the air, you know, on the ground, it was just a a terrible thing to see, and there was, and also the time of possession at the very beginning, at the you know the Colts, you know, on that first drive, the first two drives they had, it had been already up to ten minutes. They had had the ball, and the Texans only had it for for a minute, and that gap continued to widen until they finally got it together. But um, I just knew from that first drive that it was going to be a long game. Yeah, I mean it's I mean we, it's like every fear that we had going into the game, the Texans yeah. cornerbacks, the Texans secondary, the Texans uh not getting to the passer. I mean, you know, no no sacks. I just everything that you were really concerned about defensively and it, and it all comes to fruition. I mean, you know, this this one thing. You can look at the back of the jerseys and go, you know, oh, they got J.J. Watt and they got Jadavian Clowney and, you know, Jonathan Joseph and, and uh, you know, Ty Matthew. And, and the back of the jersey looked really good going into this game for the Texans. But what matters is what they do on the field and what they do defensively. And, yeah, they stopped them in the second half. But, you know, like I said, I just felt like the Colts maybe put a little – bit of a break and they were just they were just were trying to run some clock you, you saw them really giving the ball to Mac more often and and you know but at that point uh they had the game in hand and we we know the Texans they're not one of the great comeback teams yet and 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 that was going to be an issue if they they were going to get back into this game but I mean you look at the first half you look at the drives for the Colts and it, it, there wasn't a ton of drives but that's because, like you said, they, they moved it up and down the field. Uh, the, the possessions for the Colts, eight plays, 75 yards. Nine plays, 74 yards, both touchdowns. Uh, the only stop was the J.J. Watt tip and Brandon Dunn interception. Then they had the seven-play, 65-yard drive, and, and that's another touchdown. And then the last drive, just the half ran out on them, or they might have scored again. Brian, I, I want to talk about a couple of other huge things in this game. But uh, just a reminder, if you want to see all of the shows we have in the Locked On Podcast Network, check out our new website, LockedOnPodcast.com. You can click around to see all our NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, college, and national fantasy and draft shows. Again, it's LockedOnPodcast.com. 
All right, Brian, there's a couple things I, I still need to get into it with you, but you were at the game and, and I got to give the fans credit. And when all of the, the stuff was going on, the first couple of drives, you start to hear booze raining down. You heard it. It was good to hear. Honestly, I'm glad that I'm glad the fans felt that way. Especially going into the half, uh, the boos were, were quite loud, and uh, you know they, they 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 deserved it with the way they've been playing. I mean, fans, you know, are there loud and proud, and also wanted to talk about it. It is it was the loudest in NRG Stadium that I've heard in a long time. I mean, uh, capacity crowd. I still saw some empty seats. Of course, you know those seats are likely paid for. They just didn't bother to show up at the game, but. Uh, it was loud. I mean, I actually had to, you know, the people I sit next to, I was I was wondering what they were saying and when they were talking to me because I had to, like, get close to hear them. It was that loud in the stadium. Now, as soon as the Colts got into a rhythm, got really quiet, and I'm like, okay, here's the, the Texas fans as they normally are. And you better believe, you know, on that, that last part of the game, you know, where, yeah, it was a three and out, you know, um, Kiki had just scored our only touchdown of the game, and then you know the Texas got the goal, got the ball back, hoping that you, they could close the gap some more. But as soon as that happened, the stadium just like it was like the air had let out, and everybody started clamoring for the exits. It was beautiful, seventy uh, something degrees out, perfectly. Oh yes, was the roof open? No, no, you, you know that roof doesn't open. It it, it will take what? I, literally. It, it would take an act of, you know, it will take an act of Congress <laughs> to open up that roof. That's what it's going to take. That roof only open for Lady Gaga. That's the only person that roof opened for. And that's probably the last time it was open. <laughs> Remember for the Super Bowl back in uh, 2017. So um, it would have been a perfect day. But you know how the shadows are. The sun was out and the shadows were already you know, all on the field and everything that would have been, you know, cause one side of the stadium, even though it was cool outside, you would have been roasting in the other side, you would have been shivering cold. So, you know, that's one of the things about the stadium, that one of the, the pain points, it wasn't designed too well in that regard, but uh, maybe one of these days will open up the roof. I'll probably be, uh, you know, <laughs> in my grave by the time that happens, but Hey, it might happen. <laughs> Let me flip the script a little bit because, you know, we say, oh, the Texans were dominated. Look, it was it was a terrible game, blah, 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 blah. Okay, Brian, this game could have turned on a few big plays in the first half. Let's, let's look at the four drives. First drive, deep pass to DeAndre Hopkins. Either that could have been a pass interference or he catches the ball. Did you see that? He got one hand on it, Brian. I mean, yeah. that's usually one where DeAndre catches the ball, right? He gets right. like just one hand. Second drive, Vincent Smith drops a deep pass, and and boy, it was right in his chest. He was covered well. He, he was covered really well on but that play. But he, 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 he was a few yards past his, his guy, and the ball hit him in the chest, in the hands. I mean, you know, the good receivers catch. Will Fuller, the, the modern-day Will Fuller, catches that pass. So, Oh, yeah. No, no question. Okay, that's two drives. Third drive. Uh, that was stopped on the QT. Uh, it really it couldn't get off the ground because QT lined up wrong. That's QT not you know playing a whole lot this year. Uh, I'll get back to QT in just a little bit. But fourth drive, Brian Deshaun misses Hopkins in the end zone on fourth down. He was there. Deshaun just didn't make a good pass. 
pretty much. And then talking about, you know, points in the game that could have been momentum shippers. When Brandon Dunn got the pick off Andrew Luck, the only turnover Andrew Luck had, the only turnover the Colts had for the whole game, you know, that was just an energizing boost for the team. The team gets the ball back and it's three and out. You know, you, you wanted to capitalize off of something like that, and then it just did not come to fruition. It was a good play. It was a good first play on first down after that drive. I believe that was the drive where QT commits the first down penalty. And I said I wanted to get back to him. I might as well do it right now. Yeah, since we've already segued that. Yeah. He started off the game rough, it looked like, with the penalty. And there was, uh, I thought there was one that looked like he might have dropped early on, and that hurt him. And one of the uh-huh. first drives, I couldn't tell if maybe Deshaun threw it a little bit behind him. But, you know, I mean, look at the guy's game. 11 catches, 110 yards, and a touchdown in two games against the Colts this year. 22 catches, 219 yards. Again, 22 catches, 219 yards. If you've been wondering why me and Brian have been talking about him all year long and, you know, talking about is he going to play, is he going to play, you know, how good he – you know, is when he's out there, what a difference he makes for this team. It was incredibly obvious in this game, uh, the value that Kiki QT has, Brian. I mean, you know, I I did not expect him to be this good. I thought he could contribute if he played, but you know, that was, that was extraordinary. And just imagine if you could also add Will Fuller out there on the field with him. Oh, it would have been a deadly offense. I mean, with all those guys that throw to Hop, you know, throw into to, to Fuller or, or to to Kiki Cutie, and then you've got guys on the bench, you know, that that could step in and do whatever um, is is asked of them. You know, it it would have been you know <laughs> something to behold. But you know, you, you have to go with the guys that you have available. But uh, Kiki, I didn't even like we, we talked about on the show. I didn't expect him to make this impact. You know, I thought that, uh, you know, he, asking him to do what he did today would have been a bit too much. And there would have been a lot of rust you know, considering he's been out for a long time. But let me tell you, with every hit he took, with every, you know, juke or slide that he'd have to make just to get through his defender, I was worried about that hamstring. I was thinking, is it going to fail? Is he going to have to be taken out of the game? game and it actually held up pretty well now who knows he may be hurting but he obviously didn't show it uh, because you know there is no tomorrow you have to go out there and put your best foot forward a couple other uh, moves that they made before the game that I, I thought were interesting and and boy Deontay Foreman he was he was there he played you know he got one carry that was it uh not, three not, yards yeah not not much from the running game you know of course from anybody because you get behind that quickly and you're already playing catch up you got to throw the ball and there's a lot of Deshaun running with the football of course but that was a lot of times on scrambles but Brian the the, the big move to me uh, of the game uh before it even started besides the fact that QT was playing and it, it was a head-scratcher for a lot of Texans fans. And once we saw what happened in the game, we were, yeah, we were right. We were right for scratching our heads because Aaron Colvin, Aaron Colvin uh, was scratched. He was a healthy scratch. No, no injury. There was not, we wouldn't mention it to you guys sometime in the past week. We didn't mention it because he was healthy. Supposedly he was healthy. And Brian, this is what what I don't get. I mean, when you look at it, Aaron Colvin 
you know, he played decently, I thought, when he played yeah. in the last couple of weeks or at least uh, maybe last week. But, I mean, if you look at the Texans and you've got to go with Sharice Wright and what did what happened with Sharice Wright? Did, did he get did he get beat for a touchdown, Brian? I can't remember. Is that- uh, Dontrell Emmon. Oh, you, you remember? I know you remember. Did, 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 well, he <laughs> could, but, 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 but wait, 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 wait. He couldn't got, get beat by a double move in the corner again, could he? That couldn't happen, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, obviously you have underestimated Mr. Sharice Wright. Uh, he, he's able to, uh, you know, make another play, another hold my beer uh, type play. <laughs> you think you saw that a couple weeks ago? Let me top this one. All right, now, all right. This is this is where it gets interesting, Brian, because you know Aaron Coleman doesn't play as a healthy scratch. So you you play Sharice Wright. We see what happens. This is not a Bill O'Brien move, I don't think. This is this is a Romeo Crennel move. And now we get to the crux of the matter for me. And this is, I'm going to hot take you right now. This is going to be a little hot take. Uh, Got to say that uh, it might be time to find another defensive coordinator. Uh, Romeo, they were trying to move him into the booth last year with Vrabel you know, we felt like Vrabel was terrible. Get Romeo back. But I got to be honest with you. Uh, Romeo's defense limped to the finish. They limped out of the starting gate. Uh, they did not look good against good quarterbacks. This is a common theme. The Texans do not look good against other good quarterbacks. This is a big time issue. Uh, Romeo plays it to where you're going to beat us underneath and there's going to be there might be some underneath catches, but you know that's the deal. And and I and I get it. You know the Texans not great at corner, but where was Aaron Colvin? I mean, you paid thirty four million dollars, eighteen guaranteed. Okay, and and, and I can I want to just say, for, for as far as Brian Gain goes, made a lot of good moves in the last year. See Tyron Matthew, Fulton, Calamete. You know they they both played well. Um, Reed, Justin Reed. Kiki QT, uh, still potential for Jordan Thomas and Duke Ejiofor. But the miss on Colvin, the wasted cornerback spot with Badamosi, and just the catastrophe at cornerback is, you know, it's just costly. But, you know, he, he can't fix it all in one year. But my question to you is, Brian, should we start seriously looking at a replacement for Romeo Cornell this offseason? Because I just don't see this defense making the adjustments to these better quarterbacks. I mean, there are issues and I, I can't, I just can't blame it all on personnel. I mean, yeah, the cornerbacks are not great, but this is not only a personnel problem and it's, it's not just cornerbacks. It's guys all over uh, linebacking core safety play. All of them get beat and are open and, and, and maybe they're not where they should be in the zone, but I can't believe there's too many veterans on this team to say, all these guys aren't where they should be. And with Colvin, even though he's a slot corner, he would have been okay on the outside. He would have been done. He would have done better than Sharice Wright. Yeah, and that's my opinion there. But obviously, they're seeing something in practice that that is that has gone awry that they don't like. Yeah, that was a big mistake making him a healthy scratch. But getting back to Romeo, as you mentioned, it's all a matter of what Romeo wants to do. You know, they're not going to start looking for a defensive coordinator unless Romeo says, you know what, you know, I'm, I'm getting ready to wind things down. But, but should they, Brian? I mean, come on. I mean, this is – at some point, yeah. you got to look at – I mean, the, I mean, we could say, hey, 
uh, well, maybe Whitney Merciless doesn't fit his defense. Make Whitney Merciless fit your defense. Figure out a way to use him. He was basically neutered this year. Uh, Ty Matthew is a good safety when you put him up in the box and maybe you rush him some, and, and but he's moved him back totally into coverage. And I'm sorry, the guy's not great in coverage. I just don't think he is. Justin Reed has shown potential in coverage. I think he's going to be a good cover safety. You know, he's a rookie. He made some mistakes this year. He also did some really good things. It was a mixed bag. But overall, I've got confidence in him going forward. But my question to you is, Brian, it seems like he tries to make uh, the guys fit his system sometimes, a lot of times, instead of the system uh, fitting his guys. And, and and I think it's a mistake. It should happen, you know, because, again, he the, the man's, what, 75 years old or in his mid-70s, if I'm not mistaken. He's going to be hanging it up pretty soon. And uh, like I said, uh, you know, Chuck Pagano's brother, uh, you know, he, he is actually going to – I don't know if they brought him in because eventually he is going to be the defensive coordinator – you've got a guy a senior guy on your staff that has experience being a defensive coordinator he might be the guy waiting in the wings my concern with that whenever that happens my concern is always why isn't that guy's influence being seen he's a linebackers coach and i I wish they would be using him more i i don't know why they haven't used his expertise well but i mean i'm guessing they have used his expertise and i you know i i don't know if he's had much of an influence, that's the that's the question. Without being in the room, we don't know. But sometimes I wonder when there's a guy on staff and you're like, well, he's the guy in waiting. And then you say the guy that's in charge, uh, you know, is not it's not going real well. Then why isn't the guy in waiting helping out the guy in charge make some of these adjustments? Because they, they haven't made adjustments. And, and, you know, at some point. You know, if you're Bill O'Brien, you go, okay, let's let's listen to Chuck Pagano. If Chuck, I mean Chuck Pagano's brother, if Chuck Pagano's brother has got something to offer, or he's being, he feels like he's being ignored, or whatever, or Ob feels like he's being ignored. It, without being there, I don't know, but I that that is a question for me. If you're saying, well, that's the guy that might be the the future, I, I'm just telling you, I, I'm just being honest with you, Brian. I think it's time to move on from Romeo. Uh, you know, keep them in the building. That's fine. If you want to mo- bump them up to, you know, assistant coach like you did last year, that's fine. I think there needs to be a new guy. That's my opinion. That's my hot take for the for this one. Well, let's play devil's advocate here. Which is more important to you, forcing an offensive coordinator on Bill O'Brien because obviously it looks like he has too much on his plate, or finding that defensive coordinator. That's a debate. Do we get it both done or do we do one or the other? Why does it have? Well, first of all, why does it have to be one or the other? Second of all, um, I, I think the defense is more of a problem, right? I'm scared more about the defense. The offense, to me, is more about talent. And I'm going to get into that in a second. The defense, to me, is more about scheme. Um, that's mm-hmm. where that's where I feel like the difference is. I, you know, OB, <laughs> I kind of feel like he... He did a good job this year. I mean, we're, we're, we all brag about Deshaun Watson's numbers, but I guess we don't want to give OB any credit for those numbers, any credit for what he's been able to do. We all say there's no talent on these different areas with the offense for the Texans, but then when the Texans are winning 11 games, like, yeah, they, they, they somehow figured out a way to win 11 games with this talent and, and that situation. You know, at some point, you got to say, well, OB has done a decent job. And I, I'm going to get to OB in just a second. But 
that's it. That's my answer, Brian. I think defense is right now. The defensive coordinator is more important, honestly. Uh, yeah, and and I I just really see it to the point to where. You know, Romeo says, you know, I want to start preparing to get ready to head on out of here. They're going to move him up to the booth. You know, he's not going to be completely kicked out or whatever. They're going to move him back up top and then have somebody else look under the hood. Um, I, I would be totally open to that because obviously you saw this season he's lost his fastball a little bit. And, uh, you know, we say that about Wade Phillips. You know, Wade Phillips, you know, that maybe the first one or two years, he's pretty darn good. But when people start figuring his stuff out, and that's when his numbers start to fall. But uh, I, you know, Romeo, with the amount of loyalty that Bill O'Brien has to Romeo, it will be done uh, in a way that is graceful and, you know, respectable uh, for a man. Oh, that- sure. Yeah, that's fine. Whatever. Anyway, I'm just that's where I'm telling you that they, they need to go. And, and I got mm-hmm. another take that it, it doesn't feel hot, but apparently it is after watching social media but first uh, if you love our show spread the word preach brother locked on texans tell them about it tell your friends if you got that new smart speaker for the holidays tell it to play the locked on texans podcast hey it's that easy you can do that while you're making dinner or lunch or maybe in the mornings you're making breakfast for the kids that's what you can do to listen to us easily of course you know you got us on all the usual platforms itunes and tune in and stitcher and you know the google podcast app and you know spotify etc cetera, etc cetera. you can also email us too we want to hear from you email locked on texans at mail.com for questions or comments send us a voice message on there you can just email us the voice message just you know you guys all most of you have a smartphone so you know how to do that just make a little voice message put email Go send it to LockdownTexans at Mel.com. We'll play it in the show. You know, you got a question or a comment, either one. We're going to play it. We want to hear from you. What do you want us to know uh, or what do you want us to talk about this offseason? What do you want to get out there that's not being talked about? Again, it's LockdownTexans at Mel.com. All right, Brian. As anybody who's listened to me over the years knows, I I pull no punches with Bill O'Brien and his coaching ability. But with that said... I saw a lot of the social media Texans fans wanting to blame everything but global warming on O'Brien after this game. Let me just say this. The Texans went 11-5 and with one of the worst O-lines, one of the worst cornerback groups, a poor running back group, and poor tight ends. They also lost their second-best wide receiver, who I think is a top 15 or 20 caliber receiver in the league. Then they lost his replacement, who's been a Pro Bowl caliber player. They also played without their starting slot receiver most of the year. And you saw what he's capable of. Brian, I've got beef with O'Brien over a few things as a head coach, as you know. But putting today's loss on him by social media, Twitter, whatever, it's a total joke. It's a total joke. Yeah, and there's always got to be someone to blame. I just think it's just the mental aspect of things, that these guys weren't mentally ready to take on this game. Well, if you're going to blame mentally, then, you know, you that is the coach. But th- that's why I'm going to just totally, uh, before you go on, I, I, I'm going to disagree with you right there. I, I don't know if this was a mental thing. But, you know, first of all, your, your best players, Deshaun, DeAndre, J.J., and Clowney, I mean, J.J. did a couple of nice things. Deshaun did a couple of nice things. But overall, none of those – you needed all those guys to show up, and, and they didn't make 
enough big plays. All four of those guys. I mean, that it, we knew it came down to your blue chip guys, and they didn't. Okay, let me let me let me just throw this out there. We we could say the Texans didn't do it mentally. Brian, you and I both said this is a bad matchup for them. They maybe they're not supposed to win this game. Look, one of the Twitter followers, Chris Davis. I'm a, Chris Davis. You're out there. I, you told me you listen all the time. So here we go. Uh, you blamed Bill O'Brien because you said that the Texans have more talent than the Colts. I, I flat out disagree. Luck and Deshaun are a wash at quarterback, but the Colts have a better receiving core, a better tight end group. See Eric Ebron if you if you want to check that. They probably have a better running back core, and they've got an offensive line that's light years better. On defense, they've got way better cornerbacks. They shut down Deshaun. They shut down DeAndre. They're much better in coverage. Like I said earlier, uh, you know, the, the Hopkins, what he's done over the last two games against the Colts, that tells you something. The linebacking core, it's worth a debate maybe, uh, especially since they've got a first-time All-Pro in that unit, like a rookie All-Pro in that unit. The Texans' two starting middle linebackers combined, Brian, get this, for 136 solo tackles. Darius Leonard, by himself, had 111. The only unit on defense, I definitely give the Texans his defensive line, but it's the same D-line who had zero sacks in this game. Brian, I'm telling you, they just aren't the more talented team, and the more talented team, more often than not, wins the game. That's a good point there, but uh, yeah, with the Colts, they have all that young talent. It just took a while for it to come together. And then it all seemed to gel at the right time. I mean, you could start making notions that you should just strip the Texas of the AFC South title, give it to the Colts as they march on to the to New England. But, to but, you, but I'm asking you because the, the Chris Davis on Twitter says, hey, the Texans should have won this game. I'm asking you, should they? Should they have won the game? No. Like with 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 the guys that they've got on the, the with the talent that they've got, should they have won the game? The the Colts have a lot of talent and ultimately the offensive line it comes down to that. No sacks on Andrew Luck. I mean, and they offered a little bit of pressure at the beginning of the game, but they just could not get to him. The least sack quarterback in the NFL. And if you give Andrew Luck time and he was getting all of it to to operate, you're not going to win a game. And but you can note you notice with Bill O'Brien making decisions, you know, throughout the game, you know, trying his best not to give Andrew Luck the ball, especially going like into the end of the quarter. I believe it was toward the half. And um, and he and, you know, he, he decided to go on and just not run the clock out, you know, just have them keep going and marching down the field because they didn't want Andrew Luck with the ball with uh, too much time there. And also another thing, you know, just criticizing Bill O'Brien. I don't know if it was Deshaun because he looked pretty gassed toward the end. But you remember at the end of the game where, you know, it was like a eight-minute drive and it was just, just a methodical march down the field. It wasn't like a two-minute drill because you still have an opportunity to try to close the gap. You're down by two scores. Why aren't you not trying to catch up with yeah, the Colts? Yeah, that that okay, that I, that that one is you could say OB should have been pushing him to go faster, but I say to Sean, he's a quarterback. He's been a quarterback his whole life. A lot of this stuff OB takes blame on. 
Sometimes Deshaun has to do his job. Deshaun's job is to snap the ball quicker. They're they're doing the sugar huddle. He gets back there after he does the sugar huddle, and he waits and waits and waits before he snaps it. Snap the dang ball. You know, we watch Tom Brady all the time. If he's in a hurry, he gets up there, he, everybody lines up, and he snaps the ball. Now, one of the things that they were that uh, according to O'Brien in the postgame that slowed it down a little bit was they were trying to move DeAndre Hopkins around at that point so they so that he could they could get him open. Obviously, that didn't work. I don't know about that, but I, I, you didn't answer the question, Brian. Who is the most talented team? The Colts or the Texans? Who should have won the game? Who's the most talented team? The Colts, obviously. Yeah, the Colts are the more talented team. And not necessarily because we have some nice pieces. This this team has some nice pieces, but there are some injuries that, like to Will Fuller, uh, you know, there, there are guys playing hurt. J.J. Watt is playing hurt. And uh not everyone was 100%, but the Colts primarily are a pretty healthy team right now. And, you know, anyone that is facing them going into the playoffs these next couple of rounds, you better watch out because they're, they're coming down. They're, the train is running down the tracks, coming down the aisle, and uh, Andrew Luck's guiding them. Uh, Andrew Luck looked like the guy of old. Yeah, I, I don't care about the Colts. Let, let's talk about the Texans because because well, this is a game that we're talking about. Yeah, this, yeah, this, yeah but I'm, you're talking about the Colts' future. That's I, 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 let's talk about the Texans' future because that you know again, Brian, I, I'm, I'm asking you, 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 you we talked about uh, who's the better team. The, Chris, our guy on Twitter, what he's saying is this is you blame O'Brien. It's, this is O'Brien's fault. And you said, you said, look, look, you said, look, hey, O'Brien didn't have them prepared enough. These guys weren't mentally ready. Uh, does does Bill O'Brien need to get Jonathan Joseph mentally ready to stop T.Y. Hilton? Does Bill O'Brien need to get Kareem Jackson mentally ready to stop somebody? How about Ty Matthew? He was back there when T.Y. Ty, Ty Hilton, uh, Hilton uh, caught that pass. I mean, we're talking about early in the game. They didn't look ready. Was it? Was it his fault? Was it Bill O'Brien's fault? The defense wasn't mentally ready, that they weren't in the right place? Or was that maybe Romeo's fault? Or was that the players' faults? Or was that the fact that the Colts have a great offensive line and the Texans' defense, you know, if they can't get a pass rush, it's over. They, they're not good. And, 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 you know, you could say, well, that's OB put Romeo in charge, but we had no problem with that the first few years. It's only now we're seeing maybe Romeo, like I said earlier, maybe Romeo needs to be gone. And I, I, that's, that's my point. I mean, look, you've, you've known me well enough to know that I take my shots at OB. At some point, though, I think we, we just can't always go back to, well, it's OB's fault. It's OB's fault for everything. I, You know, that's what Chris Davis is asking us. Is it OB's fault? Are the Colts... Should the Colts have won the game? You're saying the Colts shouldn't have won the game. Is O'Brien, I mean, everybody wanted to blame O'Brien. Is it O'Brien's fault on, in this game? Uh, no, not necessarily. I wouldn't put it all on uh, Bill O'Brien. Uh, Bill O'Brien, all he can do is motivate and call the plays and hope that they can execute. And that was a problem with a lot of these guys uh, today. Yeah, we, you, you can't just put it all on Bill. Bill is a very smart man. He may be a bit arrogant, you know, when he comes up to the podium, but that's because, you know, he has so much football knowledge. Uh, we all wish that he could manage his timeouts better, manage the clock better, but that's something, you know, all coaches could work on. You know, people talk about that with Andy Reid. 
and you know he's one of the greatest coaches of all time but um no no i I would not put that all on on bill o'brien but because he's a head coach you know he's going to take the responsibility i haven't heard him say it's on me in a while and that's because they've won a lot of games this year 11 games so that it's you know if he's saying it's on me it's because you know they've done what it takes to win games so he, he said they need to he said i need we need i need to coach we got the all i need to coach better oh i love uh, that one yeah <laughs> he went back to one of his classics but uh last couple of things kareem jackson said in the post game uh, quote, I would definitely love to be back at the end of the day. It might not be under my control. That That is true. Ty yes. Matthew was asked uh, how important it is to come back to the Texans. He said, quote, unquote, extremely important. He wants to be back. I think Kareem wants to be back. We'll see if, if the Texans want those two guys back. Brian, the Texans, we got to talk about this. Mm-hmm. Romeo, the defense... They need to get this fixed in a hurry because unlike this year when they faced a myriad of poor quarterbacks, next year it's going to be way more difficult. Let me rattle off the names on next year's schedule. Tom Brady, Phillip Rivers, Patrick Mahomes, Drew Brees, Matt Ryan, Lamar Jackson, Cam Newton, and that's in addition to Andrew Luck twice, plus they aren't getting the benefit of two scoops of Blake Bortles chocolate chip cookies. I mean, that's not going to happen. Could be Nick Foles. Yeah, and maybe the Jags. <laughs> yeah, they could get somebody serviceable. Joe Flacco or Nick Foles. More than serviceable, I think, is Nick Foles. Oh, I hope they get Joe Flacco. <laughs> well, huh? I don't know. It's still better than Blake Bortles, though. True, true. But they got to get it fixed in a hurry because it's going to get really, really hard. I was thinking about that earlier today too. You know how tough next year, next season's schedule is going to be, and uh, that's going to factor in. Like you talked about the guys uh, to bring back. You know the Texans are intent on bringing Jadavion Clowney back, bringing back uh, Tyron Matthew. You, you have to wonder what the guaranteed money is going to be uh, with Tyron Matthew. I, I, I wouldn't put too much on. I would kind of load it up on the front end. And not, you know, try to just spread it out. Yeah. But and we're we're at plenty of time to talk about. Yeah, it. yeah. We got we got time. We, you want to go into con- we can do a whole show on contracts. We got we yeah. do we come at you daily. We're going to keep doing this. But you know, just uh, you know, my final thoughts. I mean, this is this is pretty simple. Twenty one to seven is the final. The Texans looked bad, looked pathetic, really, in the first half. Got it together a little bit in the second half. But the four guys that you needed to come up big didn't. The guys that you needed to stop for the Colts, you didn't stop. The stuff that you needed to do, you didn't do. But we knew it was a bad matchup. Maybe one of the worst matchups in the AFC, to be honest with you. Maybe, I don't know, the, the Chiefs and the Chargers would have been you know, pretty darn tough. But the, the Colts was just a, it was a bad matchup. We knew this going in. We told you guys. We had our Colts insider, Matt Danley, on. He, he believed it. You know, the Texans were a one-point favorite. You know, I thought that was idiotic. Uh, I wish I put my money where my mouth is on that one. But, uh, yeah, it it, it did it worked out pretty much the way I thought it did. The Texans played a little bit worse than I thought. Uh, some guys didn't step up that I was hoping to. But, you know, that's the story for this one. Uh, we're going to keep doing this as the, as the days go on. You know, I hope you guys are enjoying it. And uh, hopefully we can sort of – 
make some sort of sense about what they're going to do this offseason, figure it out. We're going to start working on that in the next few shows. We're going to keep up with everything else that's going on in the playoffs as well, everything that's going on around the NFL. So stay tuned for that. But that's your final score, 21-7, to as the Texans' season comes to an abrupt and really hard end. Uh, that's all we got for this one. As always, thanks for making us a part of your week. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Oh,